One of the paintings we have in our art collection at Live Borders is The End of the Wood by Hoyk artist W.S.A. Ingalls. He painted it in 1890 and it could be a scene taken from any corner of the Scottish borders. Many Borders artists have painted our woods and our landscapes and nature over the years. They're certainly calming to look at and get lost in. Nature was the theme of this year's Mental Health Awareness Week where people were encouraged to experience, share and talk about nature. The benefits of being around nature on our mental health and well-being are well documented and of course with the stresses, anxieties and lockdowns we have all experienced in the last year, this is a perfect time to get back to nature. Today on the Live Borders podcast we're at Hairstain's Countryside Visitor Centre, a beautiful spot surrounded by trees and stunning walks through the Teviot Valley. It's the ideal spot for walking, playing, enjoying a picnic or just taking time to clear your head. In a moment we'll hear from Charlotte Jones who is our Health and Physical Activity Development Officer at Live Borders. But before that I'm joined by Anna Cragen who is the Community and Education Officer at the Borders Forest Trust. Tell me a little bit about the, the trust and, and your role, what that involves. Okay, so um, Borders Forest Trust, we're a local environmental charity based in the south of Scotland. We're 25 years old this year. Um, we were created to to really by a group of interested individuals who all got together um, and decided that we needed to find ways to engage people with local woodlands, plant more native woodlands um, and really just bring people together and enjoy woodlands. Mm-hmm. And your office is, is just about half a mile away from Hairstains, so this this forest around here more or less is your workplace, isn't it? That must be nice. I feel extremely lucky to call this my workplace. We're in a fab spot, we're surrounded by amazing walks, we have all the facilities at Hairstains that we can enjoy on a lunchtime walk, phenomenal trees, amazing wildlife, we're never short of things to spot and investigate. Mm-hmm. And what is it about walking in the forest that has such a positive impact on your well-being and your mental health? What's the link there? I think it's now it's really well documented. There's tons of evidence backing the fact that when you're outside your blood pressure lowers, um, your stress levels, the cortisol is reduced, you are in, instantly in a better mood. There's actually a word for it, biophilia. Um, where just just simply there's this innate um, thing it built within us that just feels better when we're connected to nature and we're doing very little but just appreciating the simple things outdoors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that Hairstains is a really nice place for you to come down for your lunchtime cuppa. Um, so to, to go out into to nature and woodlands, it doesn't have to be a, a massive trek. A, a kind of 10, 20 minute walk would do the same thing, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Just we're, we're really lucky in the borders in that we've got little patches of woodland. We've got so many community woodlands. Um, there's somewhere for every community, I think, to escape to. And just, just a little donder um, in your little wild patch, no matter how long, 15, 20 minutes should be enough to chill you out better prepare you for going back to work or um, facing up to whatever you have to do the shopping trip but it's it's just good for your soul and if we take around hair stains as an example and you can go for beautiful walks in any directions here 
what are some of the, the kinds of trees that we can look out for in a, in a walk, even if it is just 15 minutes from the car park? Well, around Hairstains, we've got some majestic, mighty heritage trees. They've got some age about them. Um, I just like to think that, you know, if you see a big tree, I I often wonder what's that tree seen, what's it witnessed, what's it experienced. Um, so at Hairstains, you've got the big, giant um, beech trees, which are quite phenomenal. Um, they're possibly 200, 250 years old. There's also some real kind of specimen trees that are planted um, that you wouldn't see in any other forest. So there's a hedgehog fir, which is quite a quirky, quirky tree to, to look out for. Um, and there's also some mighty oaks. And they're like the champions of the woods. Um, and they're, they're host to so much wildlife and... Yeah, they've got some age as well. Mm-hmm. And every time I come down here, the bird song is its always different, I guess, depending on the time of year and the time of day as well. So there must be birds in particular that we could try and spot around here? Yeah, it's... I've- I've got to say we're really, again, blessed because this area is so rich in really varied birds that you wouldn't see in some of the towns in the borders. Um, There's one particular bird that's thriving in this Hairstains local area. Um, It's called the Nuthatch and it's got a kind of peculiar behaviour of climbing up trees a bit like Spider-Man. If you point this particular bird out to kids, it instantly becomes their favourite bird. It's kind of a orangey blue colour and they're not very common they're, they're gradually moving north but they seem to have a bit of a stronghold around here so I would say keep your eyes open for one of those mm-hmm. and I read recently this was a new piece of information to me about the, the jay also being a, a, a fan of the oak tree because of the acorns so I know they're really hard to spot but there must be some of them around here somewhere Yet again, that's another really beautiful, colourful bird to look out for. You hear them more than you see them. Mm-hmm. They're quite elusive, but you do you do see them quite frequently, actually, on the drive around here. They actually help us plant trees. So they, quite similarly to squirrels, they, they collect the nuts and stash them and think quite often they must forget where they've put them. And from those acorns, oaks spring up, so... They're a, yeah, I'm a bit of a fan of the of the jay. I love that idea. And you spend a lot of time working with children to teach them to, to value wild places. How important is it for them to understand this and, and get the benefits of being in woodlands early on? I think it is absolutely critical um, as part of every child's um, growing up um, to experience the environment um, but particularly woodlands are just so rich for they're, they're inspiring places there's so much to see there's so much to do um, and to learn about the importance of the wildlife and I think just for children to have a positive experience um, out and about in the woodlands as part of their school education um, that's a big part of my job is to lead outdoor education activities in our local woodlands When we first talked about meeting up here today um you mentioned green prescriptions, and in particular in Japan, where people are being told to take in the forest atmosphere. That's a really nice idea when you put it that way, sort of bathe in the forest. That's right, yeah, forest bathing. It's actually, it was um, created in the 1980s in Japan, and it's now a really vital component of their, I think it's more preventative health care in, mm. their, in their health service. Um, 
that people are actually prescribed times to go and visit a forest and sit quietly. They may meander a little, but there's no other activities planned. It's very, it's very much along the kind of mindfulness ethos and the results of all the scientific um, research that's been done. It has a dramatic effect on reduction of heart disease and cancers. It's, it's got real curative powers just to have that quiet time taken in using your senses. Mm. Um, I think it's something that we should maybe consider a little more. Um, I have read articles to say that green prescriptions could be something that we do see in the future. I think now as we recover from this COVID crisis, it could be a really good thing for us to look into. Just We're surrounded by opportunities and um, it could be a simple, simple way to help a lot of people. Hi Charlotte, thanks for coming down to see us. Uh, tell me a little bit about your job at Live Borders. So I'm part of the Live Borders health team and it's our role to develop activities which are suitable for people who are living with long-term health conditions. For instance, people may be affected by cancer, diabetes, COPD, pain or they may have a mental health issue and we want to ensure that there are options available to them. Tell me about the partnership between Macmillan and Live Borders, but what does that set out to achieve? So the partnership was set up about five years ago and we launched the Move More Borders programme. It's a programme that supports people who've been affected by cancer to be more physically active. So we set up some gentle movement classes, some walking groups, some circuit classes, and we also signposted people into Macmillan Friendly Gardening Groups. And much of my role with that now is looking at other Macmillan Friendly opportunities and see what we can find that would be suitable for people affected by cancer. So one of the things you organise are the Macmillan walks that leave from Hairstains. Tell me a little bit about those walks and why Hairstains is a good location for it. So the Macmillan walks are for anybody who has been affected by cancer. They're open to someone who has just received a diagnosis, who is currently in treatment, or they may have just finished their treatment. The advice is if you're going through treatment for cancer to stay active throughout um, and walking is a great way to do this. It's obviously free and you can do it anywhere. Coming to one of the Macmillan walks means that you'll be around people who know what you're going through and no one really knows how that feels until you've actually been through it yourself. So the Macmillan walks we have, they're volunteer led, they last no longer than an hour and currently end with a socially distanced coffee and chat if you want to stay for that. Hairstains is a good location for the walk as it's getting people back into nature which benefits your mental health and it, well they also have really good coffee and cake. Tell me about a normal walk, how long are you out for and, and what kind of pace do you set? Uh, so a normal walk it lasts no longer than an hour and it can really be at whatever pace is right for you so we have some people that are able to walk a little bit further and some not so much that's why they're always led by two volunteers so if some people in the group wanted to go back a bit um, sooner then they can do that or other people go on for longer if they wish but generally they last no longer than an hour Mm -hmm. and what kind of feedback do you get from people who attend the walks so some of our walkers were shielding over the last year so really appreciated getting back into a group and walking the feedback that we get from people is that they like to meet others who have went through something similar to them. So I think the social element is probably one of the most important parts, to be honest with you. Some people who have joined the groups have then started walking more out with the group, so it's been encouraging people to just generally get more active. 
Um, people have also said that attending the walks has helped them with their fatigue and to feel better generally. You know, sometimes when you're going through treatment for cancer and feel incredibly tired, it can actually be hard to imagine that walking will help. But even getting out and just doing 10 minutes here or there can really make a difference. And you mentioned that how volunteers help. So I know that you're looking for new volunteer walk leaders to help with the walks. Tell me about the skills and the interests that you're looking for in a volunteer. So the type of people that we're looking for are people that are friendly, they've got, a bit of, they've got an open manner, they're empathetic, which I think is probably one of the, the vital things, just to listen and understand what somebody else is going through. Mm-hmm. They need to have good communication skills and they need to be reliable because we rely on these people coming out week after week to support us with walks. In terms of the training, people have to attend the Core Macmillan training with us, so that looks at communication skills, equality and diversity, dealing with difficult situations, as well as the volunteers looking after their own emotional well-being. Volunteers also need to complete a half day of walk leader training. That involves what a, what a walk might look like, having a discussion around risk assessments, um, they go out on, they do a practice walk and they get to grips with the, the walkers agreement which everybody has to sort of go through at the start of each walk. Another walking group that's going to start in the summer uh, is linked to our library services and a walking and reading group. This sounds great. Yes, yeah, so in partnership with Paths for All, this summer we are setting up some walk and talk book groups. So the idea behind that is that the group will meet every three weeks. They will pick up a new book. Over the course of that three weeks, they, the group will all read that book. They'll come back after that time and go for a walk and have a bit of a discussion around the book. So it's like a walking book group, basically. And information on the walk and talk book groups or becoming a volunteer walk leader, you can find information on our website at liveborders.org.uk. Charlotte, thanks very much for coming down to Hairstains today. It's been nice to see you. Thank you very much.